Well, we are now in the season of Advent, the season of merrymaking and decking the halls and holiday parties. And so doesn't it just seem appropriate that we would have a reading from the end of, about the end of times? I don't know, seems entirely appropriate. We want the baby, main, baby in the manger already, but we get a little apocalypse instead this morning. So today's readings here on the first Sunday of Advent, see, I'm having a little trouble speaking this morning, the first Sunday of Advent, seem a little incongruent when we want to think about shopping and Santa and hot toddies by the fire. And that's because as we enter into this season, the season before the reason for the season, if you will, there's more at stake for us than just the sentimentality and tradition. The first line that we heard read this morning from Isaiah really gets our attention right at the start. It gets to sort of the magnitude of our desire to celebrate this season to begin with. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. That's our theme for Advent this year. And as we move through the next few weeks together, I invite you to consider what it means to have a God who loves you so much that he would tear open the heavens for you. The prophet Isaiah's words are an invitation to God to just come down to the people. To, they make the case for why God should accept this invitation. Isaiah reminding God that God's done this before. He says, when you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains quaked at your presence. Isaiah's asking God to do it again, do it again, just like we would. And this tearing open is a common theme in scripture. In Isaiah, the heavens are torn open and the mountains quake. When Jesus is baptized, you might recall, the Gospel of Mark tells us that the heavens are torn apart. All the Gospels refer to the day when Jesus died and tell us that the curtain around the Holy of Holies was torn and that the heavens were opened up when it was torn. And the Holy of Holies, you might recall, is that curtain that separated God's people from God. Only the religious priests ever to, uh, dared to draw near to that space. It was the curtain that represented the division between God and humanity, the division between the heavens and God's people on earth. That curtain was metaphorically torn the day that Jesus died, opening up human access to God to just anybody. That's reckless. That's reckless. So these are powerful images that God, uh, that we're getting from scripture of God tearing open the roof of the world in order to come to us. Every barrier between God and humanity is removed. Nothing will keep God from us is what we hear from these images. Well, one of the things about being a pastor that is that I get asked a lot of questions by people that I can't answer. I, I thought that might change, um, you know, but in some ways I think that's why I just kept going to school. I got my Master's of Divinity, 
still couldn't answer all your questions. So I thought, well, I'll just keep going. I got my doctorate. I still can't answer all your questions. And uh, maybe one of these days I'll get there. But just this week I was asked, how do Christians reconcile science with scripture, specifically creationism with an earth that is billions of years old? Well, if you happen to know the answer to that, you just let me know and I'll put you right in touch with this young person. Um, but it's a huge question that I know we have all wrestled with at some point in our lives. Um, scientists, religious people, atheists, children, wizened octogenarians, we've all considered this particular quandary. And I do kind of like to think of it this way. At some point in the formation of the universe as we know it, and I just remind you to consider that we actually know about a speck's worth of, a piece of sand's worth of information about the universe, but, but think of it, that at some point, God's love could not be contained. And it exploded into what we might think of as the Big Bang. The phrase itself, Big Bang, conjures up this fierce and overwhelming force, so powerful that it surely could have opened up the heavens. And that explosion was love. Love exploded and formed the world itself. That's how I like to look at it. And yet when God tears open the heavens to come down, it can look a lot like the end of the world. It can look like a cataclysmic event. It might look like the skies darkening and stars falling and even the powers of heaven itself shaking. That's how Jesus described it in our reading this morning. It's how Jesus describes the coming of God. The reading from the Gospel of Mark is known as Jesus' little apocalypse. I guess little because it's in contrast to the big apocalypse that we read about in the book of Revelation and other places in the Old Testament as well, the book of Daniel, for example. But in Jesus' little apocalypse, we're told that when we see these things happening, the darkening of the skies and the falling of the the stars from the heavens, that we will know God is near. He says the Son of Man is at the very gates when these things happen. Now, by the way, and I, I think this is really important, I do want to talk for just a minute about the word apocalypse. Because apocalypse has certainly become known as a reference to these cataclysmic ending of the world but the word apocalypse literally means to reveal something. It means to uncover something. The book of Revelation is a book that reveals truth to us. Apocalyptic literature was very common at the time of Jesus, by the way. <clears throat> and it was used to reveal certain truths about society, about human behavior. To live in apocalyptic times means to be living in a time where things are being revealed that need to be revealed. Things that need to be re-examined in our lives and in our societies. And Jesus says that when these things happen, you will know that God is right in the middle of it. 
You might remember that Jesus said to his disciples that every magnificent stone that was used to build the temple in Jerusalem would be thrown down and then rebuilt. And guess who's going to be doing that rebuilding? God. I see this little apocalypse as so hopeful and encouraging. You wouldn't know it by reading certain commentary or or fictional accounts of the end times, but apocalyptic literature was meant to be hopeful and encouraging. Jesus said, be awake. He tells the disciples that the time will come suddenly and we don't want to be asleep. But we have a tendency to read that as a threat when really I think what Jesus meant was be hopeful, be awake, be on the lookout for when things are going about to change. Right? That's an encouragement to us. He says at the beginning of this reading, after that suffering, the skies will be darkened and the stars will fall, and you will see the Son of Man coming in power and glory. After the suffering, these things are going to happen. You will see the Son of Man coming in glory. The light always comes after the darkness. So God sees our suffering. He sees the suffering in our world. He sees the suffering in your living room. He sees our suffering. And like the Big Bang, God, who loves us more than we can ever imagine, will tear open the heavens to be with you in that. And tearing open the heavens is big. It is cataclysmic. It can look a little chaotic. Because for God, though, there's no going back. It is meant to be the final thing in our lives, that God enters in and never leaves. That is what he's telling us today. Opening the heavens had to be so big that we would understand God's presence in our lives is permanent. It's up to us to orient ourselves to that space. But it is a permanent thing that God has given us. There's no keeping God at a distance. God is not and will not be ever exactly where we expect to find him either. And this is at the heart of what Jesus is saying when he tells us to be awake. Because he knows how disappointed we would be if we were too busy checking our social media and we missed the whole thing or we were putting in the extra couple of hours at our desk on the weekend and we missed it all. Any number of ways that we distract ourselves from noticing the God of the universe among us. So Advent is that invitation to stay awake to the ways that God is busting through the firmament in order to be with us. It may look a lot like a little apocalypse sometimes. Maybe you think the foundations of your world are shaking a little bit. Certainly it feels at times, a lot of times, like the foundations of the world and society are shaking a little bit, crumbling maybe even. But believe it or not, Jesus dares to call these things good news. And there's a reason for that, because it means that we are being forced to re-examine the rubble. We're being forced to take a look at what needs to be rebuilt, not by us, 
maybe as co-creators, but not solely by us, by God. So let's not fret about the end times. Endings are hard, but they also offer new beginnings. So when I was a little girl, I used to love visiting my grandma's house, of course. A lot of us did. My grandma lived in a small farming community in southeastern Colorado, and one of my favorite things to do when I would go visit her house is to go into her bedroom and open the bottom drawer of her dresser because in there was just a treasure trove to my eyes. She kept all her little, her little treasures in there, including a small green box. It looked like a little maybe cigarette box, although she didn't smoke, so I don't think that's what it was. But it was green, and it had little uh, pink flowers on it. And inside that box were news clippings and memorabilia and photos. And it was the photos that kept me coming back. I picked out a few today because I happened to be visiting my mom the last couple days, and, and I grabbed a few photos that I would have gone through as a kid. I can remember sitting on that rainbow-colored carpet of her living room and holding that little green box in my hand like it was Christmas time. By the way, that's my grandpa's construction company, that old truck there that you see. Um, but the, holding that little that box to me was like Christmas, and, and the photos never changed. The news clippings all stayed the same, yellowed newsprint that they were. But every single time, I discovered something new. I never got tired of looking at those photos. And from looking at those photos, it sort of revealed a part of me. Don't you love that? That's my grandma and her firstborn daughter with that hair. Wish I had that hair today. Anyway, I learned so much about my family as we do from looking at old photos and hearing stories about the depression and the dust bowl and just the family identity. Some stories endearing, some really heartbreaking. But while this process of unpacking and repacking the little photo box every time I went to visit uh, was not a cataclysmic or apocalyptic event by any means, it was, in fact, a deconstruction, pulling apart little things. By the way, that's me, the little blonde one in the front there. Isn't that cute? I'd even settle for that hair today. <laughs> so going through these things is a deconstruction of sorts and pulling apart stories and photos to kind of reconstruct our own identity. Who are we in the midst of this big family tree that we have? An apocalypse is to literally pull the lid off something. I was pulling the lid off that little green box every time I went to my grandma's house. And while it not, might not be as endearing and lovely as these old family photos, an apocalypse is, is not a threat that's meant to keep us in line. It's an invitation to align with the God of the universe and allow things to come into focus so that we can build our lives on the strong foundation of God's amazing, amazing love for us. It's my mom playing piano. Well, the image of God tearing open the heavens is an invitation for God to come down. It is our fervent prayer. It was Isaiah's fervent prayer and it is what Jesus promised us. We want this. We want the dismantling to a certain extent. We know things need to change. We crave 
<clears throat> Excuse me, I am so sorry. We crave things to be turned upside down in this world. We want God to get down here and fix it. We want this dismantling. So let's together in this season of Advent not be afraid to face things when God does exactly that. When God starts moving things around, shifting things around, let's be on the lookout for God in the midst of all of that, for God present and acting in our lives. Maybe it helps you to keep a journal of the times where you see God showing up. Maybe just offering a prayer at the end of the day and considering all the moments throughout the day you've just had. Maybe you want to just sit in silence and reflect on it, but how can you notice more in this season of Advent? May we in this season be so wide awake that we, when we see things coming to light that we haven't known before. We receive this as a revelation, just like we would a gift, that we receive this gift of revelation that is full of encouragement, full of hope. And may we also be so wide awake to God's presence that when we experience things being toppled in the world and in our lives, we don't fear it. But we say, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Come down and renew us, Lord. Make us new again. Amen. And let us pray.